This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Let's start off praying. And I believe the Lord's going to speak to all of us. He always does. I absolutely love studying for this class because the Lord always talks to me. Always, every time. And Richard here, he's been here a long time, healed of cancer. I love that we always go back to the well of salvation. And we're just so thankful for life and medicine. Always. We'll need it. Just whatever you're believing for now, you'll need something else later. So you can just receive from God and learn how to get your heart before him. And so I believe this session is going to be a very special one. And God's going to speak very specifically to us about things you might go, I, I really didn't even know I needed that. He always does that for me. So are you ready? Let's start to pray. Father, I thank you so much for your mercy and your goodness to us. And everyone here, Father, I ask you that you would talk to them in the way they need to hear from you, that all the verses and everything that you have just really given me to share somehow or another etches in their heart and they hear from you and they receive from you and they sense your goodness and your healing mercies begin working even now because underneath your word father is life underneath your word is all the medicine we need and I thank you for the soothing comforts of the Holy Ghost among us in Jesus name amen and amen all right. So as I was studying, and I gave you an outline here with just the scriptures so you don't have to go, what, what, where is she? Where is that? So you could look them up and take it home um, and then fill in what the Lord speaks to you. I just believe he could say things I don't even say because I've been praying and praying for you that you need to hear. I've had him do that for me. And I want you to feel real confident that God can talk to you. And he has an answer for anything you're believing him for. There is absolutely nothing too hard at all. Okay, did I just go off? Okay, came back on again. So here we go. As I've been studying lately, the Lord has really been talking to me for months now about humility. And I'm like, I've been repenting a whole lot. But it's good. Humility is good. And as I've studied humility and studied healing, they work together. And you're like, how do they work together? As, as you study all the passages where we see Jesus healing people, as you look at it, you'll see that people had to humble their hearts. They had to go by his direction. They had to allow him to speak into their life, and then healing was there. He talks to people differently. If he's talking to one person that's blind and healing them, he gives a different direction often or what they need to do than he does somebody else that he heals with healing. And he's going to do that with you too, that what you're believing for can be very specific and unique and God speaks to you. It could be a part of a verse that God gives you and you're like, I got it. I know he loves me. I know he cares for me. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. I have always in my life, no matter what I've had to believe God for, big or small, and there's been many things, I've always go to the Lord afresh, anew, and I say, what 
is it that you would say to me here? What do I need to get from you here? Is there anything you want to talk to me about? And I allow him to talk to me and in my life. And often he does. I'll get a word sometimes that will give me an instruction or I'll get a word that will give me a correction. But corrections are very healing. Think about it. If you break a bone and someone puts it back in place, they're correcting it, right? You feel better. It's healing. So we want to keep our hearts open to the instruction, to the correction of the Lord. And I got to tell you, he has something to say to you, say to you specifically. And not only do you receive healing in your body and relief and are more comfortable, maybe even on the inside and able to sleep, but what you sense is his love and his mercies and a confidence and a security maybe that you hadn't felt before. That's what happens when we see the signs and wonders and miracles of God. It just assures our heart, God, you're so there. And I love you and I thank you so much for who you are. I can't thank him enough. He's so good. Well, let's talk a little bit about humility. What exactly is it? I don't know everything. This is just some of the things the Lord's told me or shared with me. The second part of Job 22:29 says, there is a lifting up and he will save the humble person. There is a lifting up. There is a coming out of depression. There is a coming out, a lifting up and out of darkness, out of a diagnosis. And guess what? He says he saves, he can bring safety to, he can preserve, he can give victory to the humble person. Well, if I get a diagnosis or something's uncomfortable in my life or I feel depression, I need help. I need a victory. I need safety. I need preservation. How am I going to get that? He goes to the humble person. So I'm like, all right, I need to know humility. I really want to understand what that is. I want to position myself right so I can receive this help that I need. So here's another verse, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6. As I'm praying about humility, Lord, I want to understand it further. I want to make sure that I'm walking in it. In Matthew, it says, he's meek. Jesus is meek and lowly in heart, and we can learn from him. So we can learn how to receive. We can learn how to be meek and humble in our heart and have rest in our souls. I tell you, rest in your soul. I was just about to fall over there. <coughs> <laughs> we'll give you healing in your body. I'll try to stay on both feet tonight here. <laughs> but 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. Ready? Here we go. Um, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Now, I will say this. As you're asking the Lord some questions, often the level of submission we have towards God um, how much we allow him to work in our lives, you could see in how we are towards other people. If you have a really hard time with that, ask the Lord. You know, I don't like to submit to anybody. I just don't like that word. Don't, don't mention that word to me. That might be something the Lord's like, I need a yield in you. I need you to be able to submit to my instructions. But nothing that he asks you to do will be too hard. 
He won't do that. He's a good father. He really is. But yea, all of you be subject, the scripture further goes on, one to another. It's another thing we don't always like to do, right? Um, And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you or lift you up in due time. Interesting. We have to humble ourselves. He's not going to make us do that. We have to yield ourselves to God. We have to go to him and ask him for help. And that's where, as I've studied the healing passages, we see people come with a humble heart because they're coming asking for help. If we're, the proud person is like, no, 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 I got it. I got it on my own. I, let me do it myself. And how often have we been like that? My daughter, um, uh, she was, when she was about four or five, learning to tie her shoe, she did not want me to help her. And you know, I couldn't help her. She just, oh, no, 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 I'm going to do it myself. And she'd put it in a big, loose knot. She'd end up with, you know, tripping over her shoelaces. And then finally, I said, I cannot help you unless you give me your shoe and your foot. You're not going to learn how to tie the shoe. And I want to help you, but you are resisting me. You're too proud that you could do it yourself. And when she tripped enough times, it was embarrassed because all her other friends had their shoes tied. She gave me her foot one day and I went, thank you. Now I can help you learn how to tie your shoe. And that's sometimes what God needs from us. Humility isn't low self-esteem or I'm going to beat you down. It's like, would you yield yourself? Would you give this situation to me? Would you give me what the doctor said, the diagnosis, the reason for your depression? Give it to and I can show you how to tie that thing up. I can show you where there's healing, where you can come out, where the rough things are made smooth, where the crooked things are made straight. Is that possible? Absolutely. But it comes for the humble person. So we've got to understand this humility. Now, that word, when it says be clothed with humility, in the Strong's Concordance, it means aproned in humility. Don't you like that? I personally like that because I like aprons. I like to put an apron on. But I realize that I have to choose to put an apron on. I woke up one morning, you know, and I'd been praying about humility, and it came to me, Joy, you're the one that chooses to be a servant. You're the one who chooses to put an apron on. I'm not going to force you to do that. Be clothed with humility. What does an apron show? I'm a servant. I'm serving. I'm between the Lord and, and life. Was anybody ever a waitress here? Okay, I was a waitress too. I was not a good one at all. I, ha- I worked at an ice cream parlor um, and it years ago. And so I had this uniform and I had an apron on. And I was constantly making mistakes. I'd drop ice cream on people. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't think you'll have to pay for it. Let me go ask my manager, you know. <laughs> I'm always asking. But, you know, we make mistakes in life. We do things that are kind of goofy. 
and we make mistakes, but thank God if we have an apron on and we're humble and we're honest and we go to the Lord and we're like, I just made another mistake. I just did that. He's so good. He will forgive us. He'll cover us. And that's humility too, is to be able to be very honest before the Lord, honest about yourself before the Lord. Remember, we're in the, that servant role apron me. Lord, teach me how to be a servant. Am I a servant? Am I serving you? Or really in my heart, am I like, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm fine. I, you know, let me do it because he can't help you. He wants to help you. He loves to help us. He longs to help us, but we have to yield. We have to put ourselves underneath the hand of God, underneath to where he can help us. Another verse in Psalm 123, 2, it says, Behold, as the eyes of servants, remember, we're servant of the Lord, look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden under the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. How long do we wait? How long do we keep our eyes on the, on the master? I'm, I'm looking to where his hand is. I'm looking to what his hand is going to do. How long do I do it? Until we see mercy. Until we see mercy. The enemy would like you to be distracted and be discouraged and get your eyes off of the hand of the Lord. Get your eyes off of the word of the Lord. But if you haven't seen mercy, redirect your gaze. Redirect your gaze back to where God is, back to where his hand is, back to where his word is. It's a safe place. Underneath his hand is healing. Underneath his hand is help. Underneath his hand is peace. It's always good. Underneath the hand and the plan of God. But we have to remember, it's his plan, not ours. Sometimes I've gone to the Lord and I prayed, okay, Lord, this is what has to happen. This and this and this, and I'm just being really kind of bossy. I'm telling him how it's supposed to be. And then I'm frustrated because it's not happening like I think it should happen. Instead of, Lord, Father, I'm so sorry. What is the plan? What do I need to do in this situation? What do I need to do about this pain I felt or this situation? What would you have me to do? What would you say to me, Lord? You tell me what it is and I'll do it. Mm, I'm a servant of the Lord. I put my apron on. I serve you, Lord. I don't have it all. I need help. I come and I ask for help. So I want to show you one of the many different places that we see this in the scriptures out of Mark 7, 24 and 30. I'm going to go back and forth too because it's written in the book of Matthew. So I'm going to kind of go back and forth and show them to you. Now we're looking for humility. Just so you know, the Syrophoenicians, she's a Syrophoenician woman. They were a very ungodly people. They did terrible things. Actually, they originated from Sodom and Gomorrah, just so you can kind of get a little framework there. They sacrificed children. They worshiped all kinds of 
gods, but they did not serve or recognize or fear God the Father. So this is where we're, this is who this woman is. So are you ready? Let's, let's read and see and look and see what the Lord would say. And from thence he arose and he went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. Jesus did. And he enters into a house and he would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it unto dogs. And she answered and she said unto him, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, for this saying, go your way, the devil is gone out of your daughter. And when she was come to her, her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. Okay, so when we first look at it, just a few things that the Lord shared with me, I think it's so interesting. He actually wants a little quiet time. I think they've been busy. He's like, he wants to be hidden. He's hoping no one knows where he is. I mean, have you ever done that? Like, no soliciting. Like, please, I don't want anybody to know I'm home, right? But he gets interrupted by somebody. In the book of Matthew, the disciples are like, oh, this this person is after us, Jesus. Tell him to go away. They, he actually says in Matthew, they're like, tell her to go away. She is bothering us. In fact, in that um, rendition of this passage, it says she's crying out. How much she's crying out. What I get from that is Jesus has time for us. He stops for us. He's not bothered by you. Like, again, are you coming to me again? I mean, I can't believe it. Nobody else has this kind of a problem. But he stops for us. He's not annoyed with us. He's kind towards us. What you're dealing with matters to him. Now, you may read this passage and go, I really don't understand a lot of what happens here. And actually, when Matthew kind of fills in a few little things here, it's Matthew 15, in case you want to read that when you get home, uh, verses 21 to 28 there. But she's crying, and she's like, Son of David, have mercy on me. The disciples are like, please tell her to be quiet. Jesus doesn't say anything to her. He's quiet at first because he's like, my calling, I'm actually called to the people of God. I'm called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He knew what his task was. I'm called to the people of God. I'm actually not called outside of that. And she's a Syrophoenician woman. Do you think he was being rude? I don't think so. He's positioning her. She needs to get some things right. She doesn't know God. 
When she's saying, son of David, have mercy on me. I need my daughter free. I need the devil cast out of her. I need you to do something. She's just repeating what she probably heard somebody else say. In the book of Isaiah, and I believe I have it written down, in chapter 29, verse 13, it says, these people, they draw unto me with their mouth, and it sounds like they love me, but their heart is far from me. And the fear of God that they're showing is just, it's something from man. It's just rote. They're just parroting, but it doesn't mean anything. When she's first coming to Jesus, she's like, I need you to do something with, but she, she's not even recognizing the healer. When you come to God, it's not just that you get comfortable in your body or in your soul. Don't just look for healing in that sense. Look to the healer and let him position you and realign your life so that you come to know him, not just comfortable in your body or your soul, but in your heart before him. She doesn't know God at all. She's acting like she does. She doesn't. So many times when I'm needing something from the Lord, I'm always like, how am I? Am I, am I, am I doing what? I know I should do. Is there anything you need to talk to me about? And sometimes they're saying, you know, you should be doing this more, you know, and I'm like, I, I know, and I'm so sorry, Lord. Those things, little adjustments are humility, and they position us for God to be able to do what actually he longs to do. He's looking for a yield. Can I help you? Will you let me help you? So this is a woman, doesn't know God. She really doesn't have a relationship with God. He says to her, and she keeps on, she, he says to her, he says, he calls her a, a dog. But, but listen, he says, is it right? This bread is prepared and made for people that are children of God. They know God. That's who the bread is prepared for. Okay, if you're a child of God, there's healing bread prepared for you. It's set aside for us. So is it right to take a dinner or a meal or a bread that you prepared for your children and give it to, to the dog? Alan would give some to, some to his dog, but I, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, okay, so... Uh, is it right to take what's prepared for the children and give it to dogs? Now, is he insulting her and calling her dog? A dog at that time was stray. They were ownerless. They ran stray. They were ownerless. She didn't belong to God. He knew it. He knew where her heart was. God knows where our heart is too. He knew that she's just parroting. She's just saying what somebody else said. It's a formula. You know, it's, you don't want to do that. You don't want to just be, what did you say? What's the verse you got? And what's the verse you got? I'll just do what you said. God's like, where's your heart for me? Where's your heart? And I'll tell you, miracles happen right there. 
and far beyond what you're even asking for. When your heart really connects with God and you're like, Lord, I love you. Thank you. I, I, I don't know how else to just come before you and tell you how much I need you. It's those types of things that God's like, where, where are you with me? You don't know me. You're a dog, you're stray. If I give you, if I give a dog something, they don't value it. A dog doesn't value, my dog would walk all over my Bible. But when you know God and you value it, you take it. Ah, this is from God. And you know that when you get a word from God and you're so excited about it and you're like, God spoke to me, a word. And you give it to someone who doesn't know them and they're like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. They're stray. They don't know him. doesn't mean anything to them. They don't value it. God's like, where are you? What's he doing to her? He's positioning her. He needs her to get underneath where he can help her. And that's what humility is. It's underneath the hand of God underneath the spout where healing comes out. You've got to get positioned exactly right there. So what does she do? Does she defend herself? Does she get mad? And sometimes we have. Mm -mm. She goes, yes. Yes, Lord. And in Matthew's translation, she goes, truth, Lord. And in verse 27 of Matthew 15, truth, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And in Mark, it says under the table. I put myself underneath the table of God. I put myself underneath the plan of God. She goes, but the dogs eat the crumbs under their master's table. What did she do? She aligned her heart. She got her heart right. And what is God able to do? Pour out his blessings on her. He's like, that's exactly I need you to be. That's where I can help you. And guess what? He said, for that same right there, you positioned me as your master. You positioned me. You went underneath where I can help you. And he goes, your daughter is made whole. And she was. Now we see a deliverance here, healing and deliverance. They're pretty much the same. God does these things for us. Whether you need healing or deliverance, it's nothing that God can't do. Remember, he lifts us out of anything. But who, does, who is he able to help? The humble person. That's who he's able to help. And so he needs us positioned right. And we want to always be able to understand that. Now, let me just say this. When you're praying and talking to God, talk to him from your heart. Talk to him very natural. Tell him everything. He knows everything, but tell him everything. It's good for you to just really begin to communicate with God. Now, I've told Alan, I said, yeah, I have a problem with Hallmark cards because I didn't write those words. 
You know, so I'm like, listen, Alan, please don't give me a Hallmark card and just sign your name because you didn't write those words. Yeah, I, I want you to write words out for me. He's like, oh, I said, yes. And if it's, <laughs> and if it's a poem, that would be even better, you know, and so he's, and he has done that as my favorite. It's so funny. I'm like, but don't just, don't give me a card with somebody else's words. But how many times is that what our prayers look like? I'm praying somebody else's words. I'm trying to pray something lovely that sounds really good, but it's not us at all. And God's like, where is your heart? I hear your mouth, but where is your heart? Are you just praying after rotely? Who are you? And if you pray honestly and sincerely before God, he will hear you. He will answer you and he will speak very honestly and sincerely to you. And you may be even surprised what he says. You may go, that has nothing to do with what I'm praying, but oh, but it may. Oh, but the healing and the things that he talks to us that relieve us of pain. It can be from long ago. And you're like, I hadn't even thought about that. He's like, I have. That's been some of the problem that you need clear up. And he can speak a word. He can speak a half of a scripture. She says, one crumb. I just need one crumb. I've had the Lord speak just a couple of, ver- just a couple of words from a verse. And it was enough to bring me a calm, to bring me a peace, to bring me everything I've needed Anytime I needed healing or any other problem, and I asked the Lord each time, what would you say to me here? He gives me something, and I start speaking that word. I get it in my heart. I get it in my mouth. And even if it's a tiny little crumb, it has healing power and mercies in it. God's word. Underneath God's word, underneath the hand of God is help is healing that we so need, but we have to be underneath. If I were, if I want to pour water, can I just pretend here? Can I do this? Okay, if I want to pour water into here, I can't pour it like this, and I can't pour it. If I want to get water in here, this has to be above it, right? For this, he's got to be above. He's got to be above all above every doctor's diagnosis. He's got to be above all. The word of God has to be above all. Your heart before him and loving him has to be above all, and he'll pour in such good things into you. You won't even be able to contain it. Your cup will run over. That's how good and kind he is. But I wonder sometimes the reason why humility is so important is it positions us. We get in the right position. Now, uh, you know, if you go to get some doctor's test, they, they position you all kinds of like uncomfortable ways. You're like, really? You're like, yeah, and then hold your breath and don't breathe. I'm like, I'm going to pass out. If I, you know, <laughs> right? And so, but we let them position us. Why wouldn't we let God position us? all it is is underneath his hand which is a safe place all it is is underneath his plan which is a good plan all it is is underneath his word and what he would speak he positions us first peter 5 6 says humble yourself remember it's underneath the mighty hand of god so that he can exalt you or lift you out in due time 
Stay underneath the hand of God. Now, the enemy will try to distract you. He'll try to get you out from under that. <laughs> My um, oldest son, I'm telling you what, he was something. I was always like, get over here, get over here. And so I was like, get, don't come out from underneath my hand. He's, he'd always do this. I was like, get over here. <laughs> and sometimes we're like that, you know? We're like, I, know, I, just, I could do it myself. I got it, you know? And we don't realize that we've got pride in our life. We think we know how it's supposed to do. Even our prayers can be like that. Father, let MD Anderson say this. Let them do that. Let my husband do that. It's got to work this way. We're calling the shots. Instead of saying, Lord, what, will, what would you say about this? How should I even pray about this? I'm looking to you, Lord, or the great God. And also, it realigns our heart. I love my heart being realigned. Not always at first, because I have to repent a lot, but I happen to love repentance. I do. But realigning our hearts, James 4, 6 says this, but he gives more grace, or that word would be help, Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And look in verse 10, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. Now, before I say, in the sight of the Lord, when you see the Lord, when you see a scripture, when you hear something that just gets to your heart, humble yourself, come underneath that. I mean, just like decide that you're going to do that. When in the sight of, when you see the Lord, when you see something of God, keep your heart tender. Keep your heart humble. Don't think you can do it yourself. And we will always have to be repenting along these lines. Now, I've got to thinking about this and think about water. Water flows to a low place. It doesn't stay on a high place. It rolls off of a high place. So when we're all high and mighty and proud and the, the, the things of God, if you, we were to say, call it water, it, moves, it rolls off of that. Where does water puddle? Where does grace puddle? Where does some mercies of God puddle? In a low place. So we have to go lower. Father, I'm underneath your hand. Remember, this is not self-esteem at all. The God kind of humility is, I'm a servant of the Lord. If you say it, I say it. If that's what you say is right, that's what I say is right. That is exactly how I received healing for the pancreas. I was praying the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done in and on earth, just as it would be. And I went, as if I were in heaven. And I thought, now if I was in heaven, I would be healed. And it was like, why? I'm having a conversation. Why would I be healed? Because I know healing is in heaven. Well, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just as it would as if I were in heaven. So then if it's your will for me to be healed on earth, 
like I will be when I'm in heaven, then your will is my will. That's how I received healing. That's a God kind of yielding and humility that God needs from us. That we're not resisting the words of God or the ways of God. We're not going, but it's like, that's what your word says. That's what your will is for me. That's my will. That's what you want to do. If you say it's not impossible with you, then I believe it's not impossible. Do you see? You adjust. And what's that doing? Just like the Syrophoenician woman. Truth, Lord. You're right. I don't know everything. I'm the one who needs help. Truth, Lord. And that's what receives the mercies and the kindness and the healing from God. It'll just start to pour and puddle in your life. I want a puddle of grace and mercy. So I find, okay, Lord, let me go lower. How do I yield more? How do I adapt more to what you would ask me to do? And it's just so peaceful there. The last little point I want to make here too is humility helps us acknowledge truth. In meekness, in 2 Timothy 2, 25 to 26, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure, that God would give us repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now, I want to just define three little words here for you. Let's take repentance. Repentance actually means to reverse to change your mind, to turn and go the other way. We're going to change something here. When I'm going to repent, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to turn. To acknowledge truth, if I'm going to acknowledge something, I recognize it. I have full discernment. I have correct, precise knowledge. Now, God knows whether we know something. We can't go before the Lord and go, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. He's like, yes, you did. <laughs> you know that with your kids. They're like, I, I didn't know. You're like, mm-hmm. He knows what we know and what we don't know. If we honestly don't know, he'll help us there. But if we know some things, if we have precise knowledge and discernment about something, but I'm just going to tell you, put your hand up and go, truth, Lord, you are so right. I'm sorry. Uh, This is what the Syrophoenician woman is saying. I'm stray. I'm not right with you. I need to make you my master. I'll come. Just all I need is a crumb, but uh, I'm coming underneath what you need me to do. And that's acknowledging truth. And what happens? We recover. We become sober. We regain our senses. Isn't that interesting? Repentance is the way to recover. You're like, healing? Well, sometimes, yeah. I've repented a lot when I've... uh, needed to recover and as I'm asking God for healing I find myself repenting a lot having to acknowledge the truth about myself and then you know when I acknowledge the truth and I confess my sins before the Lord and I'll talk to Alan and I'll say you know Alan I just been feeling really bad and I just realize how much fear and anxiety and self-pity I've been in and I'm like, do you think I've been that way? And he's like, yes. I was like, oh, (laughs) should have never told you. 
should have just kept it between me and the Lord, you know, but <laughs> feels better that way, you know, but he's honest with me too. Uh, thank the Lord for honest people in our life. Uh, we, we need someone to be able to tell us the truth. Now it says in meekness, you do it kindly, but you know, you're loving someone by going, you know, you'll be so much better if you just don't do that. Ask the Lord to help you. Repent, acknowledge the truth because you can recover there. The beautiful thing about repentance, it is a gift from God. What he's saying is you can redo that again. You got another chance. I did it wrong, Lord. I just forgiven. He will help us. I had a surgery that went wrong. I hadn't even prayed about it. I just wanted to get out of pain. You know, that's just honestly the truth. Alan's teaching at, at Lakewood, and, and I'm loving God, and we're serving God, but I hadn't even prayed about it. I just wanted to get out of pain. That's all. I went to, into surgery. The surgery went horribly wrong. Everything that was bad went incredibly worse until the doctors couldn't help me. And I'm like, now I made a huge mess of things. It's like a kid that just poured the whole bottle of glue on the paper. And you're like, I ruined it. And I remember I said to God, I, I didn't even ask you. I am so sorry. Now I made a big mess of things. I made it worse. Can you still have mercy on me, Lord? And he did. He did. I stand here today having made a big mistake. But God had mercy. But I acknowledged the truth. And God helped me. And he'll help you too. He gives us time. Healing is the children's bread. It actually belongs to us as a child of God. Bread, bread. If you go to a restaurant, unless it's a Mexican restaurant, you get bread, <laughs> right? I mean, you get bread. Even if you order takeout and they serve bread, you can get it for free. It doesn't cost anything to get bread. I'm going to encourage you, eat the bread from heaven. Don't refuse it. Even if you're on a carb-free diet, eat the bread. <laughs> I never refuse bread because I think of it as the, as the healing is the children's bread. It doesn't cost anything. It's part of what God's done to you. It's on the table. Receive it. Eat lots and lots and lots of the bread from heaven. And I believe God has specific, special words for you you're going to hear from him. You're going to receive from him. And you're going to love being underneath the mighty hand of God. Where the healing power comes out. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you for this time, each and every person. And this week, words and impressions and songs of the Spirit come to them, Father. And I thank you for healing mercies and your goodness. And that they come to know you and talk to you from their heart. We all do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.